This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Series 6 M99, Raw Comedy, formerly Raw Dog, and available as a podcast, also on YouTube, Dan Natterman here, with Noam Dorman, owner of the world-famous Comedy Cellar. Hello, hello. Periel Ashenbrand is here. She's our producer. Hi. And she also has some on-air, uh, you know, stuff. Uh, we're here with... Uh, that is such a garbage introduction. Nevertheless, <laughs> we have with us Matan Peretz, or am I pronouncing that correctly? And he, uh, yeah. he's a stand-up comedian, media influencer, and active IDF soldier in the Army Reserves. And he is joining us from somewhere in, in the, the combat zone. <laughs> I don't know whether he's in, in Israel or in, in, in the Gaza Strip. Ask him. Well, I'm not sure he's us. at liberty to say. <laughs> Are you in Israel? I'm in Israel. I right guess now, so. Yeah. If you were in the Gaza Strip, you wouldn't be just hanging out having a Zoom talk. Uh, welcome. He's coming at us via Zoom. Uh, thank you for ha thank you for being here. And uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, we got we got we got to uh, you know got wind of you, I guess, through Rachel Feinstein. Yes, Rachel called me and um, said you must have this man on the show. So <laughs> here you are, yeah, and uh, you. hope that you're uh, doing well despite everything. So you were about to have a special released, right? Right before I released, I released a special actually on September, uh, preparing the winter shows, and now you know it doesn't matter anymore. What's the comedy scene like in in in, in Israel? Oh, the comedy scene is amazing. Uh, not, I think, like not as harsh as the comedy scene in the states, uh, but you know, there's a lot of newcomers. Um, there's a lot of new stuff, very exciting stuff. Uh, Israel, we get uh, all the things from America and like a. Uh, five to ten years delay so we try to keep up uh but yeah it's it's a very it's a very like vibrant very friendly scene um so yeah well, when we i was have, like yeah sorry when i was yeah. over there i actually no, no. bumped into an arab comedian who was doing uh one of the one of the i don't know if it was an open mic or whatever it was but um i was a little bit surprised to, to see him there is that uh how, how common is that Oh, it's very common. There's only one. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> He's the only one. Oh, that was the the one yeah. I met. The only one. He's the only one. And I asked him like many times. I was like, "So you perform in Hebrew, and then you go perform in like in Arabic? You guys have like a vibrant stand-up scene in Arabic?" And he was like, "No, not at all." This <laughs> is true. You, you, you guys are being serious. Is is one Arab comic? Yeah, Muhammad. That's the only one. <laughs> All right, so, so okay, in, in English, you know, if you do well, they say you kill, and if you do badly, they say you bombed. They, they, they exactly. They use the same thing in Hebrew? <laughs> no, it's the opposite for Muhammad. If you do well, it's... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, so, so this is actually what I want to ask you. So, you know, um, obviously everybody's on the lookout now for uh, any Israeli who says uh, uh, unkind things. Um, but of course, yeah. in, in wartime, it's typical for uh, countries to be very insensitive about, quote unquote, the enemy. In, in the United States, you know, if you look at our what was going on vis-a-vis -vis the Japanese, whatever it is. But you also live, you have Arab citizens there, you have Arab friends, I presume. You know, I, so um, what kind of things are said? How is it reactive? How, how do people react to it? Can you make jokes about Arabs? Can Arabs make jokes about Jews? Do you make jokes about the war? What's it like? 
I think Muhammad is a great example of like how when you joke about these things, you can really diffuse the whole situation because obviously everything is very tense. In Israel, everything always is very tense. That's why we joke about everything because it's so tense. You can't just leave and like, you know what I mean, be tense all the time. So we try to joke about everything. Um, usually if someone don't get the jokes, they don't get them even at, at peace times. So we, we joke all the time. Anytime, and, and that's how we pass the time here in Israel because every time we get a new war, we get a new operation going on. If we won't joke about it, we just won't talk about anything. So, usually, the, the humor here is, is very, very dark because everything we've been going through. I've seen a lot of comics come to Israel, like they, like Bill Bear, I think, and uh, most of them are like very surprised of how they can be, they can do a very dark jokes, and the crowd just loves it because everything we're going through. So, the, the threshold for dark humor here is either, you know, very high or very low. Depends how you look at it. I, I was I, the shows I did in Israel were for the uh, for the uh, English speaking, uh, you know, uh, Olim, as they call them, immigrants and, and more. They tend to be more religious because who the hell else is going to go to Israel from? <laughs> right. Like if you're going to Israel from the United States, you've got to be motivated. And that motivation motivated, probably yeah. comes from religious conviction, because otherwise, why are you going to leave the good life, the comfy life in the United States to go to Israel? So all the people that I performed for were religious, so you had to be very clean. And it's the opposite of what you're saying. Uh, you had to be clean. You had to be politically correct, more or less. And, and you couldn't be dark, But because I never performed for the Hebrew-speaking audience. Exactly, but I think you can see, like, usually, of course, usually you're right, but uh, when they spend enough time in Israel, they get darker and darker in skin and in humor. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I used to perform to uh, Olim, as you said, all the time because I need to practice my English because ultimately I want to perform all over the world. So I perform to Olim, and you can tell that I'm very sensitive, but the, the, by the level of sensitivity, you can say like you you can feel oh you're new here okay I can tell oh you've been here for two months okay you're very new but the, the, for the ones that are here like for a few years they joke about everything that that's that's how you know you're true Israeli. Now, with with the I want to ask you about the like the difference the different uh, groups in Israel. To what extent uh, are the settlers resented? because of the perception that in some way they exacerbate the everyday lives of people like you who are fighting in the military. I heard on um, one show that there was something like 14 battalions were on the West Bank trying to you know, keep uh, things calm there, and only two were left in Gaza, and the, the person on the show speculated that that was because of the, the, all the provocations on the West Bank. I don't know much about it. What's your take on all that? Explain it to us. Uh, for someone who was born and raised in the West Bank, if you call it a settler, if you want to call that, uh, we were born and raised to protect and love our country. And for many, many years, uh, people, as you said, resented settlers for like, oh, you're doing all this. And now we have to deal with, the, you know, a Palestinian mob or whatever. But after October 7th, we all realized that for them, all of Israel is, is the settlement. There's no uh, legitimate cities. And. Uh, you know, settlers. No, every single place in Israel is a settlement. So now when we all realize it, or at least 90% of Israelis realize it, I think the sympathy for settlers are way high now because all of us are basically settlers. Yeah, actually, I saw one of the uh, screenings of the films in the Israeli government, and they actually did refer 
to uh, the kibbutzes and the moshavs as settlements, you know, meaning that all Israelis are settlers. And actually, we had Rashid Khalidi, a Columbia professor, on, and he referred to Israelis as settlers. We we found a video of him saying it. So it's a exactly the the issue used to be 1967. Now the issue is more and more uh, 47 and 48. It, it seems to be in the way the world is looking at the conflict, which is amazing if you think about it, that it's actually moving backwards. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. We're gonna go, we're gonna move backwards and backwards. Each war, we're gonna move backwards and backwards, and then someone will dispute. You know, King David. That's what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> every, every war, we go backwards and backwards. I'm waiting for you know people to be like, oh, Abraham didn't exist. I'm waiting for that. You know, and nowadays, uh, I don't know if you know that, but Abraham was Palestinian. Turns out, I've seen a, a couple of videos of them saying like, oh, Abraham was a Palestinian, Moses was a Palestinian, so that's good to know that I'm Palestinian also. So I'm, I'm not, like, if you don't know history, just don't, like, don't get your information from TikTok and stop arguing with people that actually live here and, and know the history. Well, like, well, I, 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 yeah. But he, he, there were no Palestinians, obviously, then, but Abraham is the the, the patriarch of the of the Arabic people as well, right? That that part is true? Yeah. I mean, you know, if any of it's true, who knows if there even was an Abraham, exactly. right? Yeah, it sounds like a lot of... <laughs> exactly. Well, though they do like say... They, they, I did read somewhere <laughs> that King David, they, at first there was some doubt as to whether he existed, Then they found something in Egypt, some... Some... Stel, do they call it? Some tablet that mentioned King David, and so now they're pretty sure actually there was a King David. Uh, as far as Moses is concerned, I don't know. But the arrogance of the somebody... Is, yeah. The arrogance of somebody sitting in America... Talking about stolen land is just unbelievable. Oh, I hate that. What are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking about? We didn't steal lands from the Native Americans. I, well, you can still complain <laughs> about someone else. We didn't. We you didn't do it. You can. No, still, I didn't do it. They complain about it here too. I, I, I don't. I don't hear um, in the echo chambers of social media anybody pointing out that hypocrisy. Didn't I do a land I, I acknowledgement see, statement before I, the podcast? I, I, I see it all the time. Yeah, all the time. But I don't think it's valid. Yeah. I think you, you know, you can, if you have a, a, a cause you think is just, feel free to discuss it. Um, whether yeah. or not we're... But people ask me, people ask me what I'm thinking about, like the war between uh, Russia and Ukraine. And I said, listen, I don't know enough about the topic to weigh in. And I wish 90% of the people on TikTok would say that about Israel and Palestine. Like, listen, come on, you don't know enough. You don't know nearly enough. So please, like, stop stop giving us your opinion. We're Israelis. We don't give a fuck about what you think. Like, people don't understand the Israeli state of mind. People think that Israelis are the same as Jews living in Europe or the United States or, but if you ever met, I guess some of you did, if you ever met an Israeli Jew, you know that most of the time, we don't give a shit about your opinion. So you can go ahead and, Keep doing videos. We don't care. Well, let me ask you about that because are you, is that really true? I, I would imagine. Listen, it's it's getting to me. The stuff I see on Twitter and um, <clears throat> elsewhere. I don't really. I don't really. I'm not on TikTok, but I'm kind of aware that Israel is not a favorite on social media. And, not at all. And if and if you spend time on it, you're only human. It's got to weigh on you after a while. And in some way, you you can't just be impervious to it. So how does how does how do Israelis deal with that? It's a psychological pressure, no? It is, and it's very harsh. But you can't let it cloud your judgment because we know that every war we have, every operation, is us fighting to exist. We don't fight to expand our land. Yeah. We don't fight to 
We don't fight to occupy anyone. We just fight to exist because everyone surrounding us just want us to go away. Now, why'd you so go home? Go back to where time. you came from. Go <laughs> well, <back>. Exactly. Somebody, <laughs> somebody told me, somebody told me, go back to Europe. I've never been. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, you uh, know uh, what I mean? Uh, are your ancestors I, I mean, from Europe or from uh, the Arab world? Uh, my, my, uh, my dad's family came from Morocco, but my mom's family actually are like eight or nine generations from Jerusalem. So that pissed them off a lot. Like when I say <laughs> that, they don't believe me. So, you know what I mean? It's so just, you'll get to stay. You'll get to stay even if everyone else has to go home. Half of me, half of me gets to stay and the other half gets to go back to Morocco, I guess. I don't know how that works, but like somebody asked me, uh, why won't you go back to, to Europe or like, if you're going to visit Europe, you should study the language. And I was like, yeah, if I'll go to France, obviously I'm going to study Arabic. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I need to know that if I go there. Any other uh, people from not from the States? Because a lot of Americans from you guys. Uh, where, let me see, let me you. Italy. Oh, I, I love how Italian food is so good that we forgot that they supported Nazis. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so amazing. They were best friends with Hitler. We were like, yeah, whatever. Pasta? I don't give a shit. That's amazing. How good your food should be that people will be like, we don't care about history. We need more about pizza. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And you Italian? No. You still live in Italy? So I'm sorry for that. <laughs> you guys disappeared during COVID, right? They're like, always oh, a lot of like, you know, there was a lot of reports from Italy. We have uh, 300 million people dying every day. You're like, how do you still have a country? What is going on? So you still live in Italy. So you're here for a visit? I just can't imagine what the constant criticism. I mean, I'm married. I know a little bit what constant criticism feels like, but I can't imagine what it's like. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, but Israeli. <laughs> but what about you know? What about U.S. support 
in terms of, uh, you know, military support and financial support? Is that, do you think about those things? And, and you know, in terms of, um, uh, obviously, obviously, <laughs> like you, I don't think you guys understand that Israelis, uh, at least the educated ones are the biggest fan of the U S like the biggest fan, uh, cultural wise, whatever, like music, comedy, whatever, everything we consume and everything we watch is from the United States. Like we love it so much. Some of us love SNL more than we love Eretz Nederet for that matter. So, you know, it's just everything that America does, we're fascinated by. So obviously the, the support and the financial support and the military support, we're very grateful. And, and we understand that we cannot do this, you know, by ourselves, but Again, we're the tip of the spear. We're a Western country residing in the middle of the Middle East. So somebody has to do it. You know what I mean? We, we, we're not visitors here. We're not going to Afghanistan for a few years and then go back. We're not going to Iraq for a few years and then going back. We live here. That's the only place we have on Earth. And we're the tip of the spear. So, you know, we try our best to civilize this area. I, I can hear people who uh, have a different point of view from you objecting to that analogy, tip of the spear, because it sounds aggressive, like you want to pierce another people's part of the world. Yeah, but when you're living under a constant attack for 75 years, you're going to be a little bit aggressive. I'm sorry. Yeah. Another real question. A lot of civilians are dying, right? And uh, yeah. and I, I believe that most Israelis... You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think most people take that very seriously. But um, but you feel like you have to do it. So what do you feel needs to be accomplished in this war that you can be at peace with yourself that all the people who were killed were not done were not killed in a in a callous way? What 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 accomplishment? What does Israel have to walk away from and say, listen, yes, we did these horrible things? But at least we accomplished this, and this was worth it. I think uh, what you're saying is a little bit wrong, like respectfully, of course. I okay, love disconnect you. him. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, of course, of course, by all means, tell me where I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, of, of course, you're awesome, and I love you because you own the seller. But no, again, no, no. Say, uh, <laughs> please I'm speak kidding. frankly. Speak frankly. I'm being I'm being very yeah, frank. Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, um, obviously the civilians uh, casualties that we have, we, nobody nobody likes that. Nobody encouraged that. We we don't like to see any civilians getting hurt, Muslim, Christians, uh, Palestinians, whatever they are. Nobody w with the right mind and with a full heart like to see civilian casualties. That's just insane. Nobody likes that. Uh, none of us do. Uh, but the the thing is, we understand that if Hamas want this war to end tomorrow. They will surrender, give give us back the rest of our hostages, and just everything will will end. But as long as it's not happening, we will have to take back the Gaza Strip and dismantle Hamas completely because we cannot stay neighbors of those people. Right. Well, our war, people don't understand, our war is not with the Palestinian people, not at all. Our war is with the terrorist organization called Hamas and in northern Israel, Hezbollah. We don't hate Lebanese people or Jordanians or Palestinians for that matter. We, we have nothing against them. The people that want to live in peace, like I'm, I'm, I'm currently in Judea and Samaria. The people I meet when I do Just to my be uh, patrols, or, 
I, I have nothing against them. Usually we have like uh, nice conversations and we all want to live in peace and live, go back to our boring life. And people don't understand that. People think that the Israeli army or the Israeli government just hates everyone and want everyone to, to die. Not at all. We, we, we don't. We just want to live in peace and, and have our boring life. But terrorist organizations and, 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 and those groups that are, are threatening Israel's existence, we're fighting those people and if those people are using the innocent civilians as human shields we got nothing to do against it we got not unfortunately nobody likes to see the sites that we've seen from gaza this is this is terrible we, we we hate that and we condemn every every single of you know civilian casualty but when that's the cost of war that we didn't start we never start a war israel never started a war we only retaliate so, i just want to point out that uh sorry no, i just want to point out that judea and yeah. samaria which you mentioned is what most people in the United States would refer to the West Bank. But Judea and Samaria, that's the Hebrew and biblical name for that region. And that's, you said, where you grew up? Yeah, I grew up here. Like, I'm doing actually my reserve service, like, actually where I grew up. Now, the, the people uh, in, the, in the settlements, there's certain settlements which everybody presumes would be part of Israel, even in a two-state solution. But there's quite a few people who live in, in areas where uh, that have already been offered, right, in, in past negotiations they offer. Do you think these people will uproot uh, voluntarily, or will there be a, a mini-civil war? I think after what happens in the Gaza Strip in 2005, nobody in their right mind uh, will just leave their house again because it, it didn't achieve anything. The, the reason that we had we, we, we had this war, the reason that 7th of October happened is because we pulled out of the Gaza Strip. We will not do it again. That, that, as simple as that. You, you make a mistake once, you see the consequences, you don't do it again. That's, you know, that's how you learn from your history. If you don't learn from your history, it's bound to come back. We won't do it again, ever. Like, if any government will try to do it, they'll be thrown away. No, that, no. That's it, because... Yeah, but what what if there were a Palestinian leader who was quite different than everything that's been before, more like a Sadat, uh, who was sincere, who want who wanted the end of this conflict? Do you think the Israeli public at this point is capable of believing him? I don't think so. Like, I'm sorry to say that it's very hard to say, but after everything we've been through, uh, ever since 2005 till now. Just I don't think the Israeli public and you know will will believe any of the Arab uh, leaders at this point because we give and give and give and Israel just every year Israel is getting smaller and smaller and the population gets bigger and bigger and we give you know parts of us and it just it doesn't work. What do you mean you get only, smaller and smaller? We used to be we used to we used to have the uh, uh, parts of Egypt and parts of uh, of Jordan and parts of Lebanon and every time to achieve peace we give peace of Israel away, and we have a temporary peace with Lebanon and Jordan and Egypt, but every time we give peace of the land to the Palestinians, a few years later there's an all-out war, so we're not going to do it again. As simple as that. Like and me as an Israeli, again, I'm not a politician. I'm a comedian. I'm not a politician. I'm not the prime minister. I, I don't know. I just, I simply learn history. And I grew just, up here doing the... Just to clarify, yeah. you know, whatever you say is fine. But I know, when you say give a piece of Israel away, like when you gave the, the Sinai back to Egypt, you saw that as giving a piece of Israel away? Or, or, or I mean, it's, it was never part of Israel, the Sinai. It was occupied. Yeah, yeah. But when you win a war, this 
place is a part of your country. That's what people fail to understand. When when they attack you and you defend yourself and conquer this area, that area is yours now. That's how war works. But to achieve peace, you give it to the people or whatever you do, whatever you can to achieve peace. Because Israel's main goal is to have a sustainable peace. Right. But sometimes it doesn't work. That's our people have to understand. Our main goal living here is to live in peace. We don't want a war. We don't want to go on operation. I'm 35 years old and I'm spending my whole days and nights in uniforms patrolling the fence. Nobody wants that. I don't want I want to go to to the comedy club and perform. I want to have a career for God's sake. I don't I don't want to walking around with a gun. Nobody does. But people think that we somehow like to instigate and have like all these conflicts all the time. We don't. We just simply try to defend ourselves. And if sometimes it means giving land back, we do that. Sometimes it doesn't work, so we won't do it again. Pariel? I was going to ask you if you've been surprised at the um, anti-Semitism that has exploded through the world since October 7th. Um, As my dad used to say all the time, uh, disappointed but not surprised. Um, so no, not at all. I I knew that was the case. I knew there's all of like sleeping cells of anti-Semitism all over the world. People are just, you know, they want to be polite. But the moment stuff like this happened, the past operation that we had, I saw it on social media. Again, I was a little bit surprised, but not really because we know nobody likes us. We know there's double standards, whatever it's considered in Israel and Jewish people. Like there's some standards for the rest of the world and some standards for us. So we're not in Israel. We're not really surprised because we experience that on a daily basis. But to see to see Jews all over the world suffer and and being so surprised by that, that broke my heart. Now you, you mentioned you, you don't like being thirty five years old, and which is by the way pretty young. But in any case, uh, <laughs> but I guess when you're thirty five, you don't think of it that way. But in any case, you said you want to have a career, you want to be home with your family, and all those things. And you see American Jews doing just what you're describing. Are you is is um, do you have resentment and or jealousy and or would you rather be in our shoes or would you prefer to be in Israel with all that the that uh, that that comes with? Um, let me tell you something. Uh, my mom told me recently that we were supposed to live in the U.S. when I was a kid. Like my dad was in the army for 25 years and uh, and he got offered a job in a military base in the U.S. and he declined because of my mom. So I was supposed to be an American at some point. And for many years, I resented her for that. But uh, like, for, to be completely honest, there's no other place I'd rather be. Like during this time, I, I, it's, it's a higher, just a higher calling. Like my career is first for me. The only thing that trumps that is to protect my country and my people. Like, I, I know I'll have a career later on, and hopefully I'll get to perform all over the world, especially the U.S., which I love. Every woman thinks that she's living, like, a different life. Like, she, whatever happens to her, it only happens to her. And you just need to stand there and be like, really? No way! Oh my God, it's just so frustrating. Bring, <laughs> just bring. It's fine. Somebody to die in my show, but not now. Wait for my full show. I don't know why the other taking credit. Like, we're warming up for you. No, it's me. Fucking. Take it easy 
or die. I had enough with my grandma. Please just... There's no place I'd rather be, and I'm very, very proud to, to serve my country. I was in Mexico when this war broke out. Like, I was on a vacation. I could stay there. Like, I, I could. My commander told me, like, just stay in Mexico. Like, you have the perfect excuse. Stay there. And I did everything in my power. And through Dallas and Miami, and you don't want to know the story, I got here as fast as I can because there's no higher calling than protecting your country and well, your people. If so, you stayed in, in Mexico... No if you had stayed in Mexico, wouldn't you be under arrest as soon as you stepped foot on Israeli soil? If you didn't go Why back? No. Well, no. Aren't you? Not at all. Well, is it, by law, don't you have to go back and serve when you're called up? No. By law, if you're already outside of Israel, you don't have to come back. You can come back whenever whenever you want. The like, reserves are different. People think that we're obligated. Yeah, we're not. Like, my commander told me, like, you know what? If you're in Mexico, enjoy Mexico. We'll call you when it's over. <laughs> but I couldn't do it. Nobody could. That's why 300,000 Israelis came back uh, as soon as this war started. Not because we were obligated and we were afraid to go to jail. No, because this is what we do. We're Israelis. The moment our country needs us, we come here. So you look at a Jew like me, a neurotic, a yid. Woody yid. Allen-esque Jew with disgust. <laughs> Didn't Jabotinsky no, call them yids? Oh, we, we got cut off. We got cut off. Matan. I'm sorry, yeah. Go ahead. So, so you're revolted by the American Jew is what you're trying to say. <laughs> oh, not at all. Not at all. I'm fascinated by American <laughs> Jews. I, I, I try my best to like understand the state of mind, like <laughs> how you guys... How is, it, how is it like to be a Jew outside of Israel? I'm fascinated by Well, you, you know, there's many Jews in America that are very, very anti-Zionist. Um, more than a few. I don't know what the percentage is. I've read, I've read that it's not that many, but I keep bumping into them everywhere I go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Something about knowing you. <laughs> may, I don't know what it is. But, um, I mean, there's more than a few Jews that are very, very vocal, vocally anti-Israel. Some that want to... Some that just criticize the Israeli government, but some that step over the line and say Israel shouldn't exist as a Jewish state. It should be a one-state solution. Are I, don't know, really I don't know if you're that. aware. Of the, are, are there, I don't know if you're aware how, 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 how many Jews think like that here in the United States. Uh, I, to be completely honest, I, I think, it, like, first of all, I don't care what those people think. That's <laughs> first of all. Like, to be completely honest. Second of all, that just shows you how comfortable their life is yeah. in America, that they think we don't have the right to exist. Oh, you don't think we have the right to exist? Okay, okay. So why won't you go to Starbucks, like, across the street and think about it again while I'm fighting for my life over here? So, like, it doesn't... I don't care what you think. I think and that also... They, the that, that reminds me, I could use a latte. No, but that the flip side <laughs> of that is that I think what they don't understand is that Jews all over the world are only as safe as Israel is secure, Right. It's exactly, very easy, exactly. like, the luxury of, like, being theoretic. 
Exactly. I think that the notion of those uh, Jewish Americans or from other parts of uh, the world that says Israel doesn't have the right to exist, they, they forget that prior to the Holocaust, uh, a lot of the Jews, if not, if not 90% of the Jews that lived in Germany thought that there is no point for like the homeland of Israel. There's no point. Nobody wants to leave. But then every once in a while, the world reminds us that we got no other place to go. Everywhere we'll be, anywhere in the world we'll be, will be guests. And the moment we'll feel too comfortable, the moment we feel too comfortable, the world reminds us that, no, you don't belong here. Go away. Where? Israel. I'm That's not it. sure I'm quite that um, pessimistic um, that it could happen even in the United States. I suppose it could. Um, I, I hope not. I hope not. But like, like if you look at it, the course of history, like my, my grandparents, when they live in when they lived in Morocco, uh, Jews in Germany prior to World War Two, a lot of those, those places, those people call those places home. They're like, there's no other place for us. We feel home. We were born here. Our ancestors born here, whatever. There's the faraway land that's called the state, like the land of Israel or Judea. Uh, but we don't care about that. We live here and that's our place. But wherever we are, every once in a while, they remind us that we, first of all, we're Jews. And then we're citizens or whatever country that we are. And that's why the existence of the, of the state of Israel is so important for the Jewish people. Yeah, I, I, you know, with the course, the Zionist movement was well underway prior to Hitler. And uh, I don't know that, I mean, I think Israel would have happened anyway. Um, I don't think so. Like, of course, the Zionist movement happened before Hitler, obviously. But... Um, nobody really considered like radical and insane to try to, you know, build a home for the Jewish people. Why, why would we need that on earth? Like we have our own country, so to speak. The, the Holocaust actually gave the Zionist movement so much power that they end up with the establishment of the state of Israel. People lived here way before 1948. Like where, where I, where my parents live, Ganyavne was founded in 1933. Petah Tikva was founded in 1878. Like, people lived here all through history. The establishment of the state of Israel happened when we realized that everywhere we go, we will be considered guests. And we don't want to feel that anywhere. Like, I feel it, like, when I go to the U.S., for example, and I meet a lot of American Jews, and it's amazing, and, and I love America. I, I really do. But everywhere, I, every time I go, I feel like, okay, I, I need to go back home now. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. The tall buildings and the culture is amazing. I need to go back home now. And the fact that a lot of American Jews feel that way tells you the importance of the state of Israel. It must be hard to be around such a polite, non-pushy people for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's true, that's true. I felt, it, I felt it to my core when I saw the videos of those people, like, ripping down the kidnapped posters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's I was it. like, uh, to, to film them and be like, those are babies, those are little kids. I was like, that's such a not Israeli thing to do, just to film someone. No, that's not very Israeli. Like, Israelis will lose their minds. But, you know, <laughs> it's good to be civilized once in a while. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think we're, we're it's about time, right? We're going to wrap it up. Um, um, did you s send Periel some of your um, comedy stuff? And I'm going to cut. I can cut some of your uh, stand up into the video and into the thing. So when we post the the podcast, you can you, people can hear some of your. You, your you do comedy, comedy in in Israel mostly in Hebrew, I gather, but you do also do some English comedy. I, I have clips in English. I have clips in English to send, of course. Yeah, sure. My dream is to perform in the comedy cellar. So this is the closest I get to my dream right now. Well, that, that's, that hopefully, you know, God willing, uh, that'll happen. <laughs> I really hope so. 
And please be safe. Okay, well, thank you very much, sir. Bye, uh, what, It's in the middle of the night there now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's actually midnight exactly, and we're shifting our, uh, you know, <laughs> we're doing the shift exchange, so that's perfect. <laughs> okay, T- take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.